Well, howdy, folks. Welcome to Michael Perry's voicemail, episode number 194. Out the window of my little room above the garage here, I can see that the first serious snow and sub-zero conditions have arrived at the end of our little dead-end farmstead. The fact that we're clear into January, and this is the first time I've had to plow snow, doesn't make it any warmer. And in fact, we take perverse pride in our misery. I have a whole thing I do at my live shows about how to brag about the cold where you are. And the key is to never go first. Otherwise, the other person's going to drop their temperature report and beat you by two nose hair snapping degrees. The thing that bothers us cold weather dwellers the most, if I may presume to speak on our behalf, isn't the cold, it's dressing for the cold. Early in the winter, it's fun to be all bundled up and cozy feel like you're going to just go do some chores and then have some cocoa. But in the depths of winter, we're just sick and tired of having to layer on layer after layer before making even the simplest trip outside. And this, as today's essay reveals, leads us to risking our skin for a shortcut. A quick little note about the photos accompanying today's podcast. Since I don't, and you're going to thank me for this later, since I don't have any pictures of me sprinting through snow in my undies, I have chosen a few that are somehow tied to both winter and books I've written. You can look for explanations in the caption. Meanwhile, let us dive into the tale of the time I decided to forego snow pants for underpants. As I sprinted through the zero-degree night air, clad in nothing but slippers, undershorts, and a Green Bay Packers hoodie, It occurred to me that this sort of behavior might disqualify me from delivering the you're-not-leaving-the-house-dressed-like-that lecture to the children come morning. But this was no time for second thoughts. This deeply into winter, odd human behavior is standard human behavior. There is, of course, the popular notion of cabin fever, a condition that persists even in the age of central heat in condominiums and drives us to do whatever it takes to break the hoarfrost boredom. From childhood, I recall my siblings and I charging barefoot out the door and into the snowbound alfalfa field, the game being to see who could make tracks the farthest before dashing back to the house, our feet growing numb and then tender as they thawed. But if the redness in our cheeks was born of the chill air, it was also a manifestation of our exhilaration. The ubiquitous polar plunge springs from the same irrepressible urge to break free, if only for a breathless few moments from the housebound season, with the added advantage that underdressed citizens might raise a few bucks for a good cause. I also suspect seasonal dyspepsia was the impetus behind the underappreciated sport of water skipping, in which winter-blitzed snowmobilers cut holes in the lake ice and attempt to cross the open water. My first observation of this was in Chetek, Wisconsin in the 1970s. Attending the World Championships in Siren, Wisconsin, remains an enduring highlight of my existence. Still, it was not boredom that drove me to sprint for the chicken coop in my skivvies. Instead, it was that other creeping winter lethality, laziness, specifically as it pertains to getting dressed. It isn't so much the cold we come to resent as it is all necessary preparations for the cold. 
the endless layering, the bulky swaddling, the lacing and tugging and zipping and wrapping and knotting, all the time-burning interventions required for a simple trip to the mailbox or to curb the recycling. We get so tired of tottering around like ear-flappered endomorphic mummies that we start taking sartorial shortcuts. It doesn't begin with running naked across the yard at midnight. It begins with stepping outside to start the car without mittens, or retrieving the newspaper in fuzzy slippers despite three inches of fresh snow. Perhaps you grab an armload of firewood without taking time to don a coat or even a cap. You return to the house with an ice cream headache, a hog pain, we always called it, but it passes quickly, assuaged by the idea that your stubbornness stole back 20 seconds from winter, that time suckiest of seasons. The postures required to walk underdressed through winter become ingrained. The hunching of the shoulders, the tensing of the neck, the holding of the breath, the clenching of the fists, the tucking of those fists into our armpits, the laser-like focus on thoughts of baseball, beaches, or baby ducks, whatever it takes to preoccupy the mind as ice crystals infiltrate our toes and cerebrums. We will do whatever it takes to shortcut the winter dress-up dance. And so it was when I woke with a start at midnight last week and realized the chicken coop door was still open, exposing our precious layers to varmints that prowl without regard to the thermometer. So it was that my first thought was not dismay over the idea of leaving my warm bed for the cold night, but rather grumpy impatience with the idea of getting all bundled up. Dressing and undressing for the trip would cost me more time than the trip itself. You already know how I chose to roll. When I lunged back into the house, the wood stove air felt water bottle warm. In a trice, I was deep beneath the blankets. I figure I stole a solid two minutes. I shivered happily. Outside, winter just sat there. Yes, sir, we don't have, we don't have chickens this winter. That piece was from the book Roughneck Grace, so it was written a little while back. But even though we don't have chickens, there's a pretty good shot I'll make an underclad sprint to the woodshed or garage at some point. And um, in reading that piece, as I said, it's from the book Roughneck Grace, but in reading it, I'm reminded that in the book 40 Acres Deep, which is not a funny book at all, the protagonist at one point takes off his boots and socks and goes dashing through the snow, and now you know where that idea came from. Folks, whether you're a free subscriber just checking in with us now and then or a paid subscriber accepting these dispatches once a week, we're just really grateful. This is a way for me to stay in touch beyond the book releases. Um, it's a way for me to share things that are slightly more personal and not out there on our other social media platforms. Nothing racy or uh, all that. Uh, nothing that's going to get headlines. But just little stuff that, that is fun to share with a, a solid core of folks. And um, ultimately, this, uh, this moment when I sit down and talk to you through the microphone, it just kind of gives me a warm feeling that's not just from the wood stove, which, by the way, needs to be refueled as we speak. So as ever, I am not going to say goodbye. Instead, I'm going to say what we learned to say up there where we used to run barefoot through the snow. Well, I suppose, forward. Forward.